Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the family with Hackmaster Ralph W. Basham, MD. Alex Brampernard Rasmussen. Andy Brampernard. Jimmy Lammers. Kristen Burt. Look at that. What that what's that microphone now? Did you get a new microphone? Who? Kristen? Who? Who? Me? Yeah. No. It's, it's the same one I used just an hour ago with you. Oh, because it's distorting a bit, isn't it, Andy? Doesn't sound like it's distorting. It's no. I don't know. She's in her closet as usual. Yeah. She's in the closet with the kitty. Nothing strange. Same setup. <laughs> Where's the kitty? She's not here. What? I cannot believe it. She's a morning radio kitty. <laughs> mm, only morning radio. I'm sorry. She I hear you. Radio. It's just like getting my dog wakes me up in the middle of the <clears throat> night to go to the bathroom. And then he sleeps all morning, you know? Yes. They have to have their morning nap. Morning, morning pets. Yeah. There you have it. Um, Kristen, are you going to come back for the Minnesota State Fair this year? I haven't been invited. Well, and I was just asking the question. I don't know if there was an invitation necessarily, but no, it's, it's... I mean, there's nothing on my calendar currently, if that's what you're asking. Well, it's right around the corner now, because it starts on, what, uh, August 24th or 26th this year, something like that? Yeah, yeah the, so the week One before more. Labor Day. There you have it. So we're then six weeks of the Minnesota State Fair starting, because... Uh, I should probably announce on this show as well that uh, the morning show is going to do um, an hour out at the State Fair this year with Don Shelby. Oh, that's nice. Oh, looking forward to working with Don. There you go. Don's a great guy, no question about it. So what's the latest? Everything good? I guess so. I mean, uh, yeah. Uh, 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 <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I just was going to say, I mean, for here in Hollywood, we're just all waiting for Wednesday and the news of the strike. So that's mm. really what it's what's happening here in Los Angeles. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, Kristen. I was reading on Deadline this morning how one of the things, and I, I guess I, it's just, I can't believe I haven't read it up until now, is about AI and the role AI is going to mm -hmm. play in the future with acting. Oh and apparently there was this Black Mirror episode where studios own the likeness to mm -hmm. actors of the future and they could do whatever they want with these actors, which yep. is kind of creepy. Yeah, it's the Selma Hayek episode, and it is the number one issue on the table for not only the writers' guilds with their writing, but also for the actors when it comes to your likeness. And everyone should be worried about this, honestly, because... Even us right here, we're being recorded. Our voices are being recorded. It is of concern to everybody. You, you know, we talked about, you heard it here first. We talked about uh, the replacement of actors mm -hmm. with uh, VR, or not, uh, virtual reality kind of uh, actors that are computer generated. Yep. And now with the advent of AI, the voice will be absolutely perfect. And uh, it's a real issue, you know, and they, and they should have had enough sense. The legal, the legal team for the union never should have allowed this. They never should have allowed them signing off on those sort of things because the studio was smarter. So once they got it, they bought it. Yep. Well, I mean, and that's the thing. we're almost at a point of no return. We're almost too late to the table to get this into contract negotiations. But if we don't do it now, it's never going to happen. We've kind of been seeing something similar for a long time, though, where like someone would do a big role and then the studio would hire an impersonator to do that role in, like, the sequel or whatever. Oh. It's like, you know, something like um, Dan Castellaneta doing the genie yes. in Aladdin 2. Uh, you know, he does an impression of the Robin Williams genie. And it's not really that 
far off, I don't think. Because it's still, you know, the draw, Robin Williams made the genie. The genie is Robin Williams. Mm -hmm. And then you have the sequel, and it's not Robin Williams, but a lot of people won't know that because, you know, they don't really hear the nuances between the two actors. So they're like, oh, yeah, I love Robin Williams. I'll go see the movie. And that was 20-something years ago. They've and that was because ages. Disney screwed over Robin Williams. And then Robin they brought him back for three, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah. They didn't want to pay him the money. And, uh, you know, it, it, so did, did, home, did, did uh, uh, Aladdin sound a little bit like Homer? I don't know if I've ever seen Aladdin. <laughs> no. Dan his voices all kind of sound like Homer to a degree, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> He's in the middle of a line and don't. Mm-hmm. I do remember yeah. about 25 years ago, I'm on my way home from Cookhouse after recording a, a spot. I'm driving along in my car, and I don't even remember who the commercial was for, but the commercial, and this is like 25 years ago, a long time ago. Uh, I don't remember who the commercial was for, but I'm listening to it on the radio, and I'm talking. All of a sudden, there were three lines in the commercial that I never said. It was me saying them, but I never said them. And apparently the, a Moog synthesizer was the first one you could do that on. I don't know if it was the best one, you know, after a, a year or two, but apparently you could recreate someone's voice on a keyboard. Hmm. It's a little scary, oh. don't you think? Very scary. Yeah. I mean, now the technology is 18,000 times better, so yeah. just think of how scary yeah. it really is. Yep. Oh yeah, I've done. And, and, I've actually done some AI voice cloning at home just to see what it's like and how it is. Okay, it's extremely easy. All yeah. you need is like 30, 60 seconds of someone's voice. But if you know what to listen for, it is very obviously an AI voice. Oh really? It doesn't sound like a person talking. It sounds like an alien doing an impression of a person talking. Mm. Yeah. Like there's well, no inflection <clears throat> basically at all. Oh. It's all just completely blunted. It sounds. It's. You could not ever replace someone like a voice actor with the current technology. My oh, voice okay. would be hard to do then. Because I go all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> the key word you, you said there, Andy, was current. I mean, well, yeah, it'll get better, of course. But like, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I, it might take years, though, because people have been worrying about this for a long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but AI is well, just coming, be- coming online. That should yeah. be a huge push to this because it learns. My big question with this whole uh, SAG thing is that, okay, so the the actors today are trying to get their asses covered. What about all of the actors of yet? What about Brando? What about John Wayne? What Ooh. about all those people? Are they basically screwed unless their estates take action? Otherwise, do the studios own the likeness rights to them and the Godfather? And could they, you, you know what I'm getting at, Kristen and everybody yeah. I mean, you know, and because like a lot of those classic films are before SAG was, it was a SAG jurisdiction where they were getting residuals and everything for these films. That's a really good question. And I have a feeling that the estates are probably going to have to mount legal fights in mm-hmm. order to protect these images. Well, that's another thing they've been doing for a long time is like when they do tie-in video games for these movies, they would have the actor's face on the character but then it would be someone else voicing the character. So it's like, you know, they make the GoldenEye game. It's Pierce Brosnan's face, but he had nothing to do with it. So they're using his likeness technically without his permission or involvement really? and making money off of it. That was 90s, I believe. So, 
and think about this. This has been an issue a lot of times. If you're an actor and you go into like a really big IP franchise and don't negotiate the merchandising deal, they can use your likeness as that character. Yep, they sure can. Um, and that's why, I mean, it's kind of like front of mind right now because I watched Muscles and Mayhem, and uh, which was the American Gladiators docuseries. Yeah. But all of them had tons of, I mean, they were on like kitchen towels, like their faces mm -hmm. were on everything you could possibly imagine and they didn't get a dime for it. They yep. had to sue. Exactly. Yeah, they actually had a Godfather game. Uh, it was on the Wii and PS2, I think, and it had all the characters in the Godfather. You're playing as like a lackey who's like doing stuff while the Godfather movies are going on. So you're not involved in the Godfather movies, but they're happening behind the scenes while you play the game, basically. So all the characters in The Godfather are in there. They're modeled after the characters, and some of the actors even voiced their parts, but not all of them. Like, I was lucky enough to talk with Francis Ford Coppola for a movie called Tetro. It was a very small picture, but that was obviously you got to bring up The Godfather and its impact on popular culture. And, mm -hmm. you know, for the most part, Coppola was cool with it, but that was one thing that he did not like was that Godfather game because, again, mm. it was about people going out and whacking people. It wasn't oh, it absolutely. <laughs> oh, God. yeah, you would go it into shops it. and you'd, like, hold shopkeepers' heads over, like, ovens until they relented. <laughs> you coerced them Which, into giving you protection money. Did that ever money. happen, Tommy? Did it, that ever happen in The Godfather? No, uh, I don't think so. I mean, The Godfather was pretty brutal, but this was definitely, like, if you watch The Godfather with a more mature mind – you'll see what it's basically saying is if you you know, live by the sword, die by the sword. You know, if you are violent, you're going to meet a violent end pretty much no matter what. Um, well, but in the game, it's like, you know, go hold a gun to someone's head, they'll give you money. Did they have a, a, a deal in the game where if you, you go up a level, if you find a horse's head or anything, did they have the horse's head? They had the horse's head seen in there, recreated <laughs> in on the engine, yep. Wow. Mm-hmm. A real horse's head, by the way. That would really fly today, I think, it? actually, I think you play as the goon who plants the horses. You have to sneak into the mansion, plant oh the God. horse's head, and get out, and then it plays the scene. Oh, my God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yep. Now, this is a video game you're talking about? Yeah, very old one. 20 oh at least. 20-something years. Unbelievable. Well, aren't entertainment lawyers smart enough to... Think about merchandise right. and to negotiate yeah, you'd think this likenesses for the would be no part of the contract. You yeah. think? I mean, they're big companies. Well, but a lot of these, you also a lot of them, they never know it's going to be a huge thing until it's already happened. Yeah. Like you know, they could have probably said the Godfather. <laughs> it's going to be fairly big, but they probably couldn't have anticipated how big it was going to be. It's like you know, well, the, I'm a tertiary character in the Godfather. What's my face worth? Well, it's actually worth millions, but you didn't know that. And the other thing is the movie merchandising thing really didn't get going until uh, Star Wars. No, Star Wars. yeah, and that Lucas, definitely. And that was 77, mm -hmm. obviously. The Godfather uh, was four years before that. It's just crazy to think. It was only four years mm -hmm. before that. And, uh, you know, Lucas had the wherewithal, the, the smarts to secure this uh, thing with merchandising in the studio side of What's that? Mm -hmm. Well, it's a multi-billion dollar industry now is what it is. The merchandise probably yeah, made more I mean, than the why movies. Why would you ever think that, that would, there would ever be a day that there would be a Godfather video? What kind of video games even existed when The Godfather was released? Uh, I think the Magnavox Odyssey may have been out by then, which was the biggest oh, piece of crap you've ever seen. 
Pong. <laughs> but yeah, it was Pong was had... probably about as uh, well. So in 1973, you said is when mm -hmm. The Godfather came out. Let's see. Yes. When did Pong come out? I or was wonder. it 72? Maybe it's 72 and 74, I think. Pong so, yeah, was around the early 70s. Pong sure. had just come out 1972, November. So Pong was brand new when this. So the yeah, they probably would have been like, oh, what are you going to put me in Pong? Okay, you hit the you hit Marlon Brando's head around or something. Good luck. Isn't Pong like those little tiny like rectangle, like vertical rectangles? Yep. That's all it was. Yeah. Yeah. The so simplest game you could possibly make. Yep. Not. Godfather fly. was 72, by the way. Yeah. So yeah, Pong was same time as the Godfather, and then yeah, 20 years later, who could have? 30 years later. Who could have thought that they'd have realistic 3D graphics playing out the story with people doing their voices? They just, they couldn't have even considered that possibility. I guess not. I mean, it's, look how far we've come and yet we are kind of treading water too, aren't we? Uh, well, that's like anything. You're, when there's new stuff, everybody's just scrambling mm -hmm. to figure out how it fits yeah. into what's already happening. Then again, then again a young actor who wants the part will give up those other things. That give is up, true. Will give up the digital yep. uh, yeah. rights to get that part. Mm -hmm. If they say, they yeah, need you, to work. we don't hire you unless you let us AI clone your voice, they're going to be like, okay, I need, this, I need this part. Yep. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's not much different than uh, Harvey Weinstein. Just a Whoa. different... Uh, no, it's true. It's, it's coercion. True. It's, it's, co it's a coercion. It's a coercion, you're right. It's a form of coercion, I would argue, depending on how you look at it. Yeah. And the and studios, you, I mean, that is the sticking point for both contracts for writers and actors. And I've heard, I mean, we won't know anything on the actor's strike until, you know, Thursday going into, I mean, Wednesday going into Thursday, but all the rumors we've heard, they are so far apart on that negotiation that the actors are likely, I mean, the t-shirts are printed up, the signs are printed up. They've already emailed us saying like, how can you, when can you strike? What's your schedule like? Do you want to be a strike captain? The strike's happening. Except for the one person that seems out of the loop is um, Fran Drescher. Oh, Drescher, who's in Italy with Dolce and Gabbana. <laughs> and Kim Kardashian. I mean, God, talk about a bad look. Well, we talked about this in the morning show. And, and for people who didn't hear, um, Fran Drescher, first of all, is our SAG after president. So she's our union president. It usually goes to a name actor because the position is unpaid. So you it has to go to someone who already has income. And... Um, in the middle of negotiations, she took a promotional gig. She's a brand ambassador for Dolce & Gabbana and went to Italy. Now, she didn't post about it at all. The only reason she got caught is because Kim Kardashian snapped a selfie with her and posted it on an Instagram story. God. And I in the, I mean, when there's two more days though. left, the optics are horrible. Yeah. Horrible. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean... It I think she probably would have been caught anyway, but talk about being caught in the most high-profile sort of way. I mean, with how many millions of followers does Kim Kardashian have? Yeah. And good. In, in the whole, like, mess of all of this, Kim Kardashian has been the one crossing the writer's strike all the time. <laughs> She's been crossing their picket line to go into work on Ryan Murphy's American Horror Story Delicate, which is still filming in New York. And Ryan... Murphy has been a huge sort of thorn in the side of the writers right now because he's saying, I'm only acting as a producer, but you think he's not rewriting a word or two on set? Come on. Can this please be the end of Kim Kardashian's BS? Enough already. My God. 
God. You know, it's interesting. The Kardashians are never going to go away, unfortunately, because they have bred a second generation or a third generation, if you include, like, you know, Caitlyn and and Kris Jenner. But uh, they're on the downside of that fame. What The peak that we saw even, like, five years ago, people care less and less. And I can at least speak from this, from a trending entertainment side. We write less articles about the Kardashians because they don't generate the traffic that they used to. Oh, I suppose that does make sense. You, you people, I never did understand the attraction anyway. I, it's like they have nothing to say. They say the same things over and over again. And I will never forget they sent out a promo. This was, I don't know, 15 years ago or whenever the hell it was. And it was just before Christmas. And it showed the Kardashians gathering around the living room with the tree. And who's the brother again? Or Isn't there a Kardashian? Rob Kardashian. Is it Rob Kardashian? They shoot a scene, and he literally delivers his line just like this. It's supposed to be just, you know, watching a family at Christmas time, right? <laughs> and what's his name? Rob Kardashian? Rob, yeah. He goes, <clears throat> why don't we do it this way? Kim, why don't you open your gifts first? Because after all, you are the most famous of us all. <laughs> and that's exactly how he delivered his line, too. And you'll know why he's no longer on the show. <laughs> no, he, he's actually suffered a lot of depression and uh, really, honestly, barely leaves his compound. His compound, so he's not like I'm suffering sorry. by any means. People. But, uh, <laughs> but he has his own he, little town in there anyway. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've got a they've got a whole compound going on, like in Calabasas and and um, Hidden Hills, but. Honestly, he does suffer from, I don't know if you'd call it maybe agoraphobia, but he does not go out in public. Really? And Yes. And it's actually really kind of sad. I mean, occasionally he's seen at his daughter's school, but he just really makes sure that he's out of sight from paparazzi and any sort of television cameras. Did he marry somebody famous? He did not. He had a child with Black China um, who used to date Tyga, who has a baby with his half-sister, Kylie. Who the hell are all these people? China was a wrestler or something, or am I thinking of somebody else? That's China, just China, not black China. China. If you remember Tyga, Tyga had um, the Astroworld tragedy in Houston where all the crowd sort of pushed forward, and he just was um, dismissed from any sort of criminal activity or any criminal charges oh, really? about a week ago. After all, I thought that was surprising. I thought maybe he'd be held liable somehow, but yeah. Maybe the venue will be held liable. Yeah, maybe. Maybe that's the situation. No, I'm going to ask you guys a question because we're not really on the subject, but kind of leads into it. When are people going to learn to not throw their cell phones at actors and singers on stage? What are we doing? Uh, where, where did that happen? It's happening all over. Harry Styles. Ev- um, everywhere. To, yeah, BB Rexa. It happened to... Um, it's happened to quite a few people recently. Um, so do they want them to take a selfie, or, or what do they? What's the purpose? They're of throwing it at their face. Like Vivi yeah. Rexa had oh to get stitches. God. She had to end the concert and get stitches. And yeah. she had a black eye. She did. Oh, I thought you were talking about just tossing it on the stage oh, no. and saying, hey, it's "No, <laughs> the guy was arrested." Good. He was arrested for battery. Uh, and yeah, it just happened to Harry Styles like a night or two ago. But I mean, it's it's happened like. And people think it's funny. It's not funny. How is it what? funny to hurt someone? I don't get that. You know, especially it, when you've already paid three hundred dollars or more for the concert ticket. And how much for a phone? 
Phones are not cheap. Yeah, phones aren't cheap either. I think, well, I think and they're going to know it's you, dummy. It, <laughs> like, I'm just going to go and look at your information. They just need a cut man uh, on the stage now for uh, actors. If they get hit by a, uh, a flying phone, you put a cut man up there and they'll get that uh, settled down. You know what a cut man is? That's the guy in the corner of a fight. And when the yes. boxer gets cut, yep. he has he has a, a ice cold uh, ice cold iron. He puts on it. It shrinks the blood vessels so they don't bleed as much. And he puts Vaseline on it, mm-hmm. and then okay. the guy can go back and oh, he like can. Oh, like Rocky, yeah, we see. Yeah, that. That's yeah, right. The exactly. cut. So they need a cut exactly. man on stage. That's what I was laughing about. Yeah, they need a cut. But put a cut man up there. Come on, come mm-hmm. on. Take tape up and ride. Cut man is also one of the robot masters in Mega Man. <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who've been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tom here. For years, you've heard me talk about my friends at North American Banking Company. They have great online and mobile banking options, plus friendly employees who are always ready to help. And with their location in Maple Grove now open, it's even more convenient for me and my family. Go visit my friends at any one of their six Twin Cities locations or go online to nabankco.com to learn more. Why not bank with my banker? North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC and equal housing lender. You all have helped build my pillow into the incredible company it is today and have trusted in Mike Lindell to give you a great night's sleep. Mike's latest incredible deal is on the Giza Dream Sheets, which you've heard me rave about before, that's for sure. These sheets are made from the world's best cotton, Giza. They are ultra soft and breathable, yet extremely durable. Right now, the Giza Dream Sheets at its lowest price ever. These sheets are 60% off, coming in as low as $39.99 with promo code TOM. Well, isn't there a barrier now? I mean, now, back in the day when I went to concerts, part of the reason I'm so deaf is because of, you know, going to so many concerts. But you could literally walk right up to the stage. Right. Isn't there a barrier now even where you can't even get to I don't think so. Wow. I mean, there's like, there might be um, a metal barrier and then a gap, and that's right where the security Yeah, that's what I mean. That's Yeah. Yeah. But it's not going to stop you from launching your phone. So they're going to pull up. They'll just so so when the main act comes up, they'll just it's just like when they kick a field goal. There'll be a big net that comes up to catch that football as it goes into the end zone. Right. They'll just put a big net up to catch the phone. They're going to have to. Well, they're going to put them in plexiglass. You're going to watch oh, a concert behind plexiglass. Gross. So because you can't behave, somebody has to operate the to do their show in a cube, and you get to watch it in a cube because other people just cannot control their their behavior. Yeah. Isn't that the truth? I mean, it's always just 
one a-hole that screws yeah. it for 30,000 people, you know? And Chris, However many are at the concert. Whatever else. They're not only throwing phones, they're throwing a lot of other stuff at them, too. And they are throwing at the people, not just throwing it on stage. Oh, yeah, Pink, someone threw their mother's ashes at Pink. That's yeah. right. I saw that That's video. right. And she's like, what am I supposed to do with this? Thankfully, all the ashes were in a bag, but come on. It's weird. What it's happened weird. to humanity? Why, why have we lost our minds? Joe well, says. The pandemic and lockdown, people yeah, lost mm, their minds in the did. lockdown. Joe well, says as long as there's they, assholes, there'll be people throwing shit. <laughs> well, there's a good description. So there you go. Think about it on the level of law enforcement, though, and thinking about how law enforcement have to pull back now because of all the controversies, et cetera, where people can go into stores, just pick up, oh, if it's less than $1,000, don't stop them. I mean, there's the lawlessness is I've out of control. I've seen it happen. It is I was in Marshall's. And I was working with the manager at the checkout counter and a guy comes up and he's like, hey, people are walking out with it was like exercise equipment, like, you know, Pilates balls and mats and, and weights and things like that. And he's like, people are walking out and stealing. And he's like, I mean, he literally was like, I was like, I'm not getting involved. They all just marched right out with probably four or five hundred dollars worth of merchandise. You're told not to not to get involved. For their own safety. Yep, too. exactly. That's not worth trying to stop these people. It's you know, it's live a, in the age of entitlement is what the problem it's is. It's a trickle down of the lawlessness. It's just trickle down, and people don't want to accept the fact that it just trickles down through the whole society. So throwing mm -hmm. things on stage, making loud noise. I mean, there's a, a problem in 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 Wyzetta where they have the the kids are out late at night with their loud cars, you know, going fast up and down the street, and it's just they can't they can't enforce it because first off they don't have enough people to enforce it, and second, it's just too difficult because you you know the you have uh, you're trying to catch these people, then once you catch them, you have to detain them. I mean, it's just it's just a quagmire. Um, you see it all the time with the, uh, the 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 stolen cars, and people steal cars all the time in L.A. All the time, one or once or one or two a day, mm -hmm. you see the chases out there. They someone just uh, stole a semi tractor and was driving it around. <laughs> oh, a semi tractor. Those don't go fast. Chase in L.A. and yeah. then everyone watched it. Yeah. Yeah, of course. And that's the other thing. I mean, people are, I should say, departments are discouraging their officers from getting into high-speed yep. chases. High-speed chases have been discouraged for a while. Yeah. Unless but, it's L.A. Well, yeah, they love well, those. Well, then you have low speed. That's like TV ratings. That's TV gold. Mm -hmm. well, it, good ratings. Well, in Arkansas, they'll pitch you at 80 to 100 miles an hour. They will? They'll pitch you? Yep. I've seen it. I've Ooh. seen these these guys. These guys are, they apprehend people in Arkansas and some of those uh, so southern states. Mm -hmm. You know, like in L.A., you can only pitch somebody for less than 35 miles an hour. They're, you get pitted and you go, you that, get that car goes 80, ass over tea be, kettles. Yeah, you're going to be it turning is, into a, a centrifuge. Mess. Yeah, Not good. Yeah, I don't know what the... Chopsticks, too. Get more of those, baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those, those, whatever those things are, those ruin their tires. Yep, the spike yeah. strip. Oh, the spike strip. The spike strip uh, works. Uh, oh, spike strips, is that what they're called? Yep. Yeah. yeah. What, it depends. They're in our parking garages. Yeah, Cal <laughs> yeah. California calls them spike strips. Elsewhere, they're stop sticks. Stop sticks. Yeah, stop sticks. Yeah, it sounded, oh. sounded weird. And when I said it, it's like, okay. I thought a stop it. stick was like one of those electric batons that the police have. No, that's a cattle prod. Oh, okay. Uh, a cattle, <laughs> that's a cattle prod. prod. You know, they have, they have a thing called the grappler that I that they have in, uh, in Arizona. And what it is is it, it wraps... Uh, Kevlar straps around your back tire from the front of the police car, 
and it just it pretty much snaps the axle. It just locks that whole wheel up. Oh, yeah. Car stops. No problem. So there's yeah, a lot of new be, technology. Andy, you, you might know this. Wouldn't it be great if they had like an EMP where they could press a button and <laughs> it'll happen? Oh, yeah. It's going to have to. No, it'll happen eventually. The, the problem with EMPs is the number one best way to generate an EMP that we know of is by detonating an atomic bomb. Yeah, thermo, well, a thermonuclear. Oh, so there you we don't go. usually want to go with that route. You don't want to get that pulse going too much. Yeah, no, but I mean, there could theoretically be some sort of like, um, uh, what do you call it? It's like an EM field generator. It's not a pulse, but a strong enough EM field could theoretically lock up an electric motor, depending. Yeah, or... Or, but then it would it would rip the rip the watch off your wrist, so that would yeah. yeah if you got a pace, you. if you're driving by someone with a pacemaker and you have one of those <laughs> Gee, on, that's you're now yeah manslaughter. Oh okay. God, yeah. Mm-hmm. Unbelievable. Still, best yeah. option just blow up the tires if you can. So, kind of getting back to the beginning of all this, Kristen, what will happen if the writers strike? What I mean, the I mean, if the actors strike, I mean, is this talking? We're talking about an implosion of Hollywood, then, essentially. Yeah, it, it really is the implosion. In fact, they met with all of the top publicity firms yesterday to guide them on what is allowed to happen, and essentially, there is to be no promotion of any TV or film. Friday is the deadline. So if they strike on Thursday, they have one day to wrap up all of their interviews and there will be no further promotion of TV or film until the strike is over. And I don't know if, I don't know if you realize this or, or if publicists were telling you, they wrapped up most of the press junkets for the rest of the summer on June 30th in anticipation of the July 1st deadline. Wow. And because they extended it for another couple of weeks, a couple things that kind of slid in, but the Barbie premiere, which was really big on Sunday night, had the strike happened, that premiere would have been scratched completely. I have a question for you. So these people already make a lot of dough at the top of that business. Are the, are they talking about the people on the bottom end of the business making more money or is it just more money for the ultra rich already? In terms, well, the studios need to pay out more money to the actors. And it's it's not about giving more money to Brad Pitt. It's about giving more money to the middle class actor. In yeah, terms okay. of residuals and everything else, it's the same, the same thing that the writers are fighting for. In addition to AI, it's the, the streaming residuals are pennies mm. on the dollar. If you take your residual from, let's see, an, say an NCIS show, mm -hmm. it's going to be much more money in the long run than if you were on a Netflix show right now. So why didn't the why didn't the upper end actors take care of this a long time ago by saying, hey, you know what, we're making a lot of money. Why don't we take care of some of the people that aren't making as much money? This is actually a great question. This is the first time A-list actors have given a crap about a strike yep. because of the AI, because they're concerned about their own image. When it comes yep. to residuals, they're making so much money, they normally don't care. And they're like, there's a strike, no strike. It doesn't matter. I'm going to be fine. I'm fine. I was fine through the pandemic. It is the AI that is scaring the daylights out of the actor that books one job a year and the actor who makes $50 million a year. So the only guy that really gave a crap before was James Gandolfini. Remember when he got a big raise and he spread the wealth? Yeah, he did. But you don't yep. see that that often, do you? You don't. Or you know, the Friends cast, you know, they, they did a favored nations um, contract for, I think, from about maybe the second or third season all the way moving forward so they all made the same money 
And that's, you know, because otherwise it would have been certain characters like Jennifer Aniston would have had a huge salary. And then, you know, a lesser character wouldn't have. If you didn't get that Emmy nomination, you're not going to make as much per episode. So that's the thing. It's, it really is about working together and collectively thinking about the entire set all the way down to your background extras, not just like what you're making as an A-list actor. Mm -hmm. But it Now, one more question about the whole interview thing. Because obviously this affects me and you. Mm -hmm. So the actors are told not to do interviews. Okay, so Oppenheimer, did they, A, have a premiere, and B, what would stop people from wanting to interview Christopher Nolan because he's just as much a star of that film as anybody else in the cast is? So the Directors Guild deal, they're squared away, correct? I mean, they settled whatever problems their issues were they were having so would directors would filmmakers be the ones promoting the films or are they going to align with the actors and say hey you know what you know screw you studio you got to get this taken care of so there's been a big fight in hollywood over this because they wanted the director's guild to go on strike and the the contract that they've already ratified and signed and a deal is good to go is not as great as it could have been. And everyone, the, the general consensus between all the unions, and I'm even talking about the crews like IATSE and everything, people that work behind the camera, they're all saying we could have gotten a much stronger deal for everyone across the board had Directors Guild joined the Writers Guild, gone on strike, and then subsequently the actors would have rolled into all of this. But um, when it comes to AI, directors caved because they're like, oh, I'm not worried about this. I'm a director, you know, where... What? Word actually beneficial to them is what it is. It, yeah, I mean, they, they can, because then they can go and work on projects and do whatever they want to an actor's image and take words um, off of AI instead of worrying about a writer. So there's a lot of sort of infighting in Hollywood over this. And I, I think directors could go out there and do interviews as long as they're not members of WGA or SAG, because some of them, you know, are in several unions. Mm -hmm. um, but the better look, the better optics are to unify with the other unions and just say, you know what, we're just going to wait this one out. It's just how it's just how unions work. I, we we talked we talked about this a couple of months ago. This is mm -hmm. it when unions you have to stick together. You don't cross the picket lines. You stick together, and everybody would have been better off. You know, the and the direct directors they get a nice uh, taste. They get they get uh, well paid. You know, they, if they would have stuck with the other unions, that you're right. Everybody would have come out on top. Everybody. And they would have solved the AI problem. The directors, they better worry about AI because AI will just take over their job. Because the AI will just generate the film. Boom. Yep. Problem solved. Generate the director's notes and you follow them and away you go. That's right. You don't cross the picket line unless you're Kim Kardashian. Kim Kardashian, Ryan Murphy. Mm, really? Ryan Murphy. And, and there's another big issue, too, is that... Um, Ryan Reynolds is filming Deadpool 3 over in London. Oh. So he's a little bit away from like the picket lines in the fray in the US, but people have taken note that he swears that he's not doing any rewrites on Deadpool 3. He is a Writers Guild member, he's a Screen Actors Guild member, but we know that he loves to improv on that mm -hmm. film. And you're not allowed to improv any line other than what is written on that page during a writer's strike. Huh. Technically qualifies as writing, I guess. That's weird. Yeah, because you're you're sort of you're changing what has been on the approved script. But he can do voiceovers because he's in that mask. 
and he could do he could redo the whole voiceover once it's just ADR it. Yeah, yeah. It's, yeah that would not true. be difficult. That's true. That would be true. so. So he could be but, telling the truth, but in in but he'll just yeah, delay his, yeah. his uh, this and his uh, union busting kind of thing. They'll yeah. just have Dan Castellaneta voice uh, Deadpool. <laughs> there you Amazing. go. Amazing. Homer Simpson. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that Aladdin didn't say don't. Yeah, mm, I don't. Yeah. I never saw the second movie, so he might have. I didn't either, man. Maybe Deadpool will do. <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't. Although The Simpsons isn't really that culturally relevant anymore, is it? Like people don't make really Simpsons references in the wild. Like not like they used to. No. Yeah, I used to couldn't go outside without hearing someone reference The Simpsons, but now it's. I feel like South Park going. still gets mentioned more because they've predicted yeah. some weird things that have come mm-hmm. true in real life. Yep. <laughs> That is so true. What happens to a show like The Simpsons, though? I loved that show. It's for old people. Yeah, I guess that's, that's what it is, isn't it? Basically, yeah. It's uh, no one under the age of probably 35 cares about it. Um, well, and that's the same sort of thing people are saying. That's why Indiana Jones bombed, because it's for older audiences. Well, I mean, I mean it was it was basically like, hey, people who grew up with this, come watch this, which, you know, there's a market for that, but you can't really expect it to do that well. But I have a question for everybody then, because I can look back on, I love Bugs Bunny. That came along decades before I was born, but I could sit and watch Bugs Bunny today. Why don't we go back and forth like we used to from generation to generation to generation? Well, did uh, your parents watch Bugs Bunny, though? Mm, Not really. Well, I, but when well, they were younger, me, I don't, I don't know. Well, that's the thing. It's like if you grew up and your mom was constantly making Bugs Bunny references, you'd be like, oh, this is... For old people, this is the previous generation's thing. i got to get my own thing. But I think there's much more division in the generations now than there ever has well, there been is. before. Definitely. Why? I think Barbie will be the exception. Barbie is yeah. going to be a massive <laughs> so. hit. It's already tracking to do $95 million in the first weekend, killing mm. Oppenheimer. Whoa. Um, which Unless you're doing Barbie Oppenheimer, or was it Bar- Barbenheimer? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, you know, and it's interesting, and this is probably because of the longer runtime. And I don't know if you've seen Mission Impossible yet, Kristen, but mm-hmm. it is an amazing film. Here's the thing, Tommy, I can hear it already. I'm out. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's <laughs> over two and a half hours. I'm out. Yeah. Uh, obviously, that's going to yeah. cut into the runtime, and I was shocked. To see that the three-day prediction. Now you got to remember, this is opening in previews today, to mm-hmm. this evening, this afternoon, evening, and so the three-day, which is, you know, it's weird, but the Wednesday through Friday, the prediction is sixty-five million, and the five-day, counting in Saturday and Sunday, is ninety million. I thought, my God, I thought that that film would open much bigger than ninety million dollars over five days, just because. Um, Top Gun Maverick was such of a huge hit. Now, having said that, maybe it'll just have the legs that Top Gun Maverick did and eventually reach that billion-dollar mark because it's going to need it because, yes, it is budgeted at $295 million. Whoa. That's the other problem, Kristen, that I can't believe. What's going on with these producers and this need to spend $300 million on a picture that is virtually almost impossible to recoup, unless you're James Cameron, he seems to be the only guy that well, seems to be able well, to he's recoup. He's the only one. I mean, he, he can have that big budget and do it. Uh, you have to remember too that um, Mission Impossible, both seven and eight, because eight will come out next summer, got caught in that COVID. Like they were, 
they were open and then they closed the open. I mean, they were having constant shutdowns. And if you remember, Tom Cruise had that big, that audio that leaked about him screaming about people wearing masks and following the COVID protocols. He was furious at people. Um, that also bloated the budget in addition to all of that. But those days of the, of the 200, 300 million dollar movies, they can't do them anymore. Pixar can't do a 200 million dollar elemental. It's not going to make its money back. The audiences aren't there. They're not returning to the theater. The budgets are going to have to go way down. And the days of the $20 million per picture movie star are definitely over. Yeah, they have to be. Because now, I think the biggest bomb, although people think it's going to be Indiana Jones, it's got to be The Flash. Because that was $300 million. And right now, I know it it made over $100 million so far. Ooh. <laughs> Oh, that's painful. There is so much that goes into, you know, how a studio makes their money back. Well, first of all, you have to remember that the marketing is going to be probably double than that. The other thing is that $300 million that they or $100 million that the Flash made, how much belongs to the theaters? So mm-hmm. obviously some of that money is going there. Then there's those back end points from Michael Keaton or whoever to say, hey, I'm, if I'm going to participate in this, you got to give me part of that back-end profit before, uh, you know, out of the gross. So that's why this movie has to make a billion dollars, which it won't. I mean, Warner Brothers is going to be, well, they better hope for a big hit with Barbie, put it that way, if they want to end up know. anywhere near the black. At yeah, the end I think of the Barbie's going to be massive. In fact, um, there is a world of Barbie. They've built an entire sort of Barbie dream house here in Los Angeles, and they're doing exclusive cocktail parties. And that has been the invite to get in Los Angeles. Mm. And I got an invite. I'm going on Thursday. So oh, I'll give you this. Oh, God. Scoop. Here we but go. I didn't think I was going to get one, though. I'm not cool enough to get one, but someone <laughs> gave me the invite. They slipped it to me, and I was like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to get to go to the Sips at Sunset cocktail party for Barbie because the Barbie rage is real. That marketing machine has been unbelievable. And every woman out there is wearing some color of pink. It's now a fashion term called Barbie core. It's unbelievable. Hey, yes. just drop that thing about how the Kristen Barbie name is you. Oh, Remember? yes. What? <laughs> <laughs> well, she mentioned it last time. How you, you I, obviously you can, you can tell the story, but I, it, something about your name is patented as yes. a Kristen. With Mattel. Yeah. So Kristen with a Y is actually a character for mm. Barbie in the pink shoes. Um, a friend of mine was an IP lawyer for Mattel, and she said, you know what? I'll, let's make you into a Barbie. And she went out and um, patented my name, and they took out the pro- – uh, and it just sat there. because She left, and she went to go work for Universal Music Group. And years later, they were like, oh, we need approved names, and my name was on the list. And I'm officially the Barbie, <laughs> Barbie in the Pink Shoes, which there is a go. book. And it's an, uh, like an animated film that you can watch on like Amazon Prime or something. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. 
You need to know a guy for your auto repairs, legal issues, banking, and more. The same goes for investment advice. You need a guy to help you be successful, someone you can trust who gets results. Well, I got a guy for you, Josh Arnold. Josh gives you straight talk, not sugar-coated advice about your financial situation. Josh has seen it all when it comes to economic and market conditions, and Josh can make sure that your retirement objectives match your investments. Do yourself a favor and call Josh now for a no-obligation, 48-minute evaluation. You've got nothing to lose, and you'll get a different point of view for your investments. Call Josh at 952-925-5608. That is 952-925-5608. You'll be glad that you did. And tell him his, his guy, Tom, sent you. Investment services offered by Josh Arnold Investment Consultant, LLC, a security investment advisor. Past performance is no guarantee of future results. All investments involve risk. All comments and opinions are Josh Arnold's and do not constitute investment advice. Tom Bernard is a paid endorser. Speaking of enormous Barbie fans, we've got Tire Carver on the phone. <coughs> tire. Gotta, gotta love my intros. <laughs> gotta love them, baby. I do what I can. Um. Thank you. Um, going back to your uh, the reason they don't EMP or try to do that with cars, especially now with electrics, um, if you do that to a gas motor and kill the engine, you run out of power steering and power brakes, and you run the risk of whoever's fleeing mm-hmm. not being able to drive their car and running into whatever's in front of them. Um, mm-hmm. And with an electric car, if you do that to an electric car, most likely the motors are going to just stop rotating and lock up all four wheels, and then you're, you know, you can't control the stop. Yep, that's true. So, And the, the copper's uh, going to run right into it, maybe. Exactly. Well, and basically that, that just turn it into a cannonball. That, yeah, the grappler thing that uh, Ralph brought up is actually gaining traction with some states because it's a easy way to, you know, stop them because you're still tied to the the trooper's car behind you and you can bring them down and kind of steer them from the back. Well, we were talking about Star Wars. Why don't they just do the tow cable thing with the AT-ATs? <laughs> but what about a, shooting a harpoon out Yeah, the exactly. Front of the... You hit them with the tow cable and then you wrap it around them and then they fall over. That's right. Exactly. Wrap yeah. it around the tire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> wrap it around all four tires. Well, that's that's kind of what that grappler does. It, it wraps Basically, itself yeah. around the tire and really stops that wheel. That wheel does not turn. It's a fascinating thing to see. There's, there's a he YouTube does. video oh. about apprehension that way. So now the whole idea is, oh, just let the bad guys go. Yeah. Yep. Okay. Well, eventually there's going to be every car is going to have some system where if someone with a high enough authority deems it so, they can shut your car down or even like, you know, they can steer it into a controlled stop, anything like that. Uh, that'll be coming in 20, 30 years, guaranteed. Or now. And what, they what, can what, do it what, now, but can, there are no laws in place that allow them to. Allow them to. Yeah, that's right. It's going to take a while for them to legislate their way into that, but it's going to happen, at least in some areas. California, guarantee it's going to happen. We'll probably do it first, first, probably, yeah. and then it'll go across the nation. Guaranteed, yeah. yeah. I, if we just go back to Barbie for a minute, I, I still, I still <laughs> I want to get, hear some commentary about why a movie that a movie about a doll that were so absolutely sexist for so many years with an aberrant uh, physical appearance of a, a young a young woman with an enormous chest enormous breasts you know is so popular why are they turning a blind eye to that they're not well, they're not but but everybody's going to see it you you can't wait 
well, it's it just a fascinating kind of thing to me. Is that you know, oh, oh, what, poor me, oh me, me. I, look, I was, I was, hurt, hurt, but this Barbie thing plays right into it. Well, the whole movie is going to be well, about how Barbie is. Well, it's a parody of it, yeah, yeah. and it yeah. plays into. Mm -hmm. It's, it I mean, it, it addresses sort of the feminist issues to it, the misogynistic issues of, of uh, the whole Barbie. Um, idea of it and Mattel had to sign off on this because they understand their place in history um, with creating this doll and um, Greta Gerwig who is the um, director of this if you've seen any of her films like Lady Bird you know for and and um, what, am, what else am I missing um, Little Women right yeah. um, you know that like she's diving right into that um, okay. which I'm excited about okay. we should, and, and hopefully it'll make a difference Hopefully it will make a difference. Well, I think it will. And I, I think people understand the implications of what Barbie was. And, and, still, what is. She and still is. And still yeah. is. You know, all the well, clothes are fitted. Barbies of different she, sizes that they have, they've had to change. Yeah. And, and different right, races, right. which is wonderful. I mean, and having a, a couple daughters, I mean, I've seen this. I mean, yes. I mean, I think Mattel has really made a, a, a conscious effort to change, to correct that image from the past and bring in. Yes, they still have it. You know, you still have those traditional Barbies, but you also have other types of Barbies. And Midge makes a comeback. Fine, right? Midge was sort of like the average all-American girl with like a normal body. And she kind of went away. I, I don't know if it was the early 70s um, or late 60s, but Midge makes a comeback in this film. So maybe we'll see a little bit more of Midge come uh, well, after. Who is, who is Midge? I mean, now the, the traditional Barbie, <laughs> what is her name? The one with the black and white striped outfit, the original one. It's just Barbie, I guess. It's just right? Barbie. It's just okay, Barbie. So who is Midge then? Midge was her friend. Um, and Midge was like the all-American girl, kind of a normal-shaped body for a Barbie. Mm. And Why did it go away then? That's weird. Because, because they focused in on Barbie and Ken. Um, and Midge has a has a boyfriend also that used to hang out with Ken, and they got rid of him. I don't know what his name is. But Tommy. Tommy is his name. Is it Tommy? No, I'm just saying I'm that. Making that up I was like, I think it's like, yeah. I was like, that would be funny. That, that name, Tommy. Tommy, but Tommy uh, works. I mean, Tommy, Tommy would work Ken. in the Barbie world. Yeah. I just want to know if Tom's going to get Kennergy. Is he no. going to be Kennergy this time? I was just thinking of something. They should make a version of that, flip the names over, and have the woman be quite heavy and call him, just instead of Barbie and Ken, call him Carby and Ben. What do you think? <laughs> One weakness is pasta. <laughs> the ultimate universe. Let's get the multiverse cooking. The multiverse. We love carbs. Carbs are good for you. Carbs, carbs are, good. are good. You're absolutely right. There's no getting around it. Carbs are delicious. I don't know. God, I'm checking on Catherine and Alex. Neither one of them's feeling very good. What the hell's going oh, on? No. Did you give them your cold? The pro oh, so it's my fault. All them automatically. Yeah. Here we go. <laughs> Mister, like, hit the cough button every five minutes. Well, it started started with Melissa, didn't it, Andy? Uh, technically, I think. Yeah. Oh, it's no. hard to say. It's running through Everyone's the whole Everyone's sick all the time. Yeah, right now that's kind of the deal, which is unfortunate. But, uh, you know, we'll work it out, no question. It's not COVID, is it? Because COVID's running around L.A. again. Is it really? Yeah. There's I... some new strain, and people are getting it, and, like, getting it, like, laid up for two weeks. So did Dr. Fauci invent oh. this strain, too? I don't know, but my friend is very sick. 
Oh God, I'm so sorry. To but hear I've that. had three or four friends with it recently. I'm like, oh no. Well, I've had this cold for 11 days now, so that's a long time to have a cold. I will it tell is. you that. And there's a that's COVID. It's a cold. It's a cold. It's, it's turned into a cold, it's and sometimes you get cold, the bronchitis yeah. with it. And well, you know. Ralph, you're next. How many feet away are you sitting? Uh-oh. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm. I, I wash my hands. I, uh, <laughs> oh, there you go. I don't touch Tom, so I don't, I don't have to worry don't touch about Tom. it. He's the sanitary one. I'm not touching okay, Tom. Hey, Tommy, ever. after this, you, you got to text me and let me know. Does Ralph shake your hand or does he do the fist bump? When Oh, when I don't fist like, bump. He doesn't even I, do I, that. I, I don't even do that. <laughs> I don't do even, anything. Yeah. Tom, you have to ask Ralph and Tim if they had a throw-up bowl in their house. I still can't believe this. Honest God, Brittany has ruined my life. Starts oh, yesterday's no. show, morning show, talking about, yeah, back in the day when we had a vomit bowl in our house, I said, a what? She goes, the vomit bowl. I said, what the hell are you talking about? But a, when the kids were sick, her mother would bring in a Tupperware bowl from the cupboard, and they would vomit into that, and then they would, she would go empty it out in the toilet. And I said, why would you just go and throw up in the toilet? That's exactly right. You can't make it. Sometimes you can't make it when you're a kid. I get I get the idea because my mom would put like a waste basket with a liner next to my bed if that I could make That would make it. sense. I do understand that. But I was like a bowl because then I'm like, and she's like, well, we don't reuse it for like food. But some households, I, I think some people admitted to Brittany that they reused it for food yes. eventually. I'm like, oh my God. And I was like, did you put it in the dishwasher? And she's like, we didn't have a dishwasher. And then I was like, oh no, I can't think about this throw up bowl anymore. Let me, let me share a quick story about my oldest son, Dalton and Tom. Tommy, you the, the one that you were talking shit with about me. Remember yes, you I, what? I don't I don't recall that yeah, at all. Dalton, I mean, Dalton was about oh my god. So he probably a year, not even a year. We were at the Wright County Fair, and we were like ten feet from the pork chop line. Thank God Uh-oh. we weren't where they were serving pork chops because he had a. Again, you just don't know. It's not like oh, Dalton's gonna get sick. Let's run to the bathroom. You just don't know. It's projectile that hit the ground <laughs> with such force that it splashed up onto my glasses. Thank God oh, it was wearing no. glasses. Oh. <laughs> and, and again, loves we thank God we were. We were we weren't in the pork chop line. We were ten feet from it. So it was. But again, just kind of goes to Brittany's point that. Hey man, you gotta have something. I'm not gonna carry around a, a puke bowl at, out in public, but <laughs> certainly I can no, understand why you would have one at home. Oh man, I'm they, sure you all have the, you know, Tommy, Andy. How many times did you puke on Tommy when you were a little boy? Huh? Huh? Did you ever? That, none that I remember. And I just, I just real, and I we're just gonna just degenerate into just his bodily uh, fluids and semi fluids <laughs> sure, kind of a sure. discussion. The <laughs> I'm just thinking that when I was on the airplane. They don't got puke puke bags anymore. They don't, I don't think they have puke bags in they the back. They don't. I don't I've, think I've so. Flown a, I've, I've flown hundreds of times and I've never seen one person ever use them. Oh, I have. You have? Oh, oh yeah. Huh? Yeah, the bags it, aren't big. You know enough. what? It's probably a cost-saving measure from the airlines. That's probably. what I guarantee you. Mm-hmm. It isn't. A, oh, we've done a study where not that many people get sick. No, no. Hey, man, if we can save on those little paper bags. Mm-hmm. You well, haven't they, lived until you've taken the Vegas to L.A. flight in the oh, morning well, after the yeah. weekend. That's a little different. Oh. And 
So this is so gross. But I, I was sitting by, uh, row behind, but a guy in the middle seat in, in the aisle in front of us, and the row in front of us, he was puking so much and they had to take off. He, he was trying to just stay in the bathroom. And they're like, we're taking off. You have to sit in your seat. Oh. They just gave him a huge garbage bag and he just put it around <laughs> his mouth and just kept puking. <laughs> and the two people next to him, I felt so bad because I was like, that's, I mean, I could barely <laughs> take it. Um, and then once we were up in the air, he just spent the entire flight in the bathroom. They got him back to sit in his seat for landing because it's only a 45 minute yeah. flight. Yeah. He was back just puking the whole time. I mean, he probably had alcohol poisoning because he was so sick. Ugh. We landed. He went straight to the bathroom and they finally had to get a stretcher to get him off the plane. They're like, we need to hmm. reload the plane for the Southwest. You know, they just turn that right around and go back to Vegas. Yeah, they oh. like saying, isn't it just fun how... It's devolved into puke stories and bodily. Any other bodily fluid stories you want to <laughs> yeah, talk about? Now we got a chance. There's one. I got one for you. Yeah. Well, I could either do one, one about the kid who pursed his lips trying not to throw up <laughs> and therefore sprayed his puke about 20 feet. But we can move on from there. Uh, <laughs> Is that somebody that's here with us today? No, thank God. <laughs> oh, good Lord, no. no. But uh, the other one, of course, is uh, your Vegas story. Uh, Catherine and I were down. I can't remember even where we were. It doesn't matter where we were. We're in one of the big, when we used to do the big KQ morning show, casino shows for five, 6,000 people back in the day. We're in the uh, breakfast buffet about ready to have a little breakfast and then go back to Minneapolis. And the guy wasn't with us. He was not one of our listeners or anything. But he kept saying to his wife, I, I gotta, I gotta. And he just kept saying, I gotta, I gotta. And then all of a sudden he went quiet but you could kind of tell that he had pooped his pants. Okay. <laughs> By, you know, how you can kind of tell. Well, okay. go to the bathroom. He just wouldn't do it. He wouldn't get up. I don't know. He thought maybe if he stood up, he'd poop his pants. But sitting there, he did anyway. So the great news is, so now he finally has to get up and leave. And as he stands up, his pants fell to the floor. Oh. Mm-hmm. oh. <laughs> we'll never forget that. You know, he had the uh, mm-hmm. the uh, waistband, uh, the the elastic waistband. Those uh, kind of like, I suppose they're kind of like gym pants or something. I don't know what they're drawstring. Draw, yeah, but he didn't have the the drawstring tied apparently oh. because it was just the most hideous thing I've ever seen. Why are we talking? <laughs> this is your fault, Kristen. You started this. <laughs> it's this is Brittany's fault. I am not a, taking responsibility. It is Brittany's fault. Brittany's fault. This is a free fall, a free fall into filth. And it's disgusting. Terrible. Just, I'm curious as to people if they had. I, I was wondering if it's like, is it a regional thing that like puke buckets are like for people in the Midwest or puke bowls? You That's, know. Well, puke buckets definitely in yeah. my bucket, house. Yeah, a bucket I think is normal. A, a trash can I think I is normal. Buckets, that we don't reuse. We don't reuse anything. No. Right. No, no, the no, bags, no. You, you put the bag. You like <laughs> toss it out. You know. Yeah. Mom dumps you in the shower. All that good stuff. But I'm thinking like, is a puke Bowl, a Midwest thing. I have I never know. heard of it. Hmm. No, I've had, that, it's what Brittany from North Dakota. Maybe it's a North Dakota thing. No, Williston, North Dakota, baby. That's what it is. Yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. So it's a true regionalism. Mm-hmm. Hey, you I know what, see. Ralph? You're talking about devolving into this, but you know, you have to admit it's damn funny talking about it. Oh, it, <laughs> it's, it's as long as you know you're not the one doing it right now. I mean, to to recall these memories, it's like <laughs> hilarious stuff. <laughs> It was. It's. It, I woke up one morning, and our daughter had had a, 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 a <laughs> tendency when she was like fourteen, fifteen months. She she liked to undress herself in the morning. 
Mm-hmm. So she, you go yep. in there and she, you know, so one morning I, I get up and I go in to, to see how she's doing, to get her out of bed, get her dressed again. And I go in there and I didn't have my glasses on. I didn't have contact lenses in and things are a little fuzzy. And I, and I go in there and I, and I, I look in it and there's, and I'm looking at her and I go, gee, she looks kind of funny there. She's got some brown marks on her face. She's brown marks on the, on the wall and on the crib. And I reach in to grab her, and here she had gotten into her diaper, and it was everywhere. Oh, God. It was, she, she had smeared this stuff everywhere. And I just yelled, Lindsay, turn the shower on. We're coming in with a hot one. <laughs> yep. Coming out. Yeah, hose it. <laughs> oh, hosed her down. I just I just said, hose her down. Pretty much every kid does that at some oh, point. Oh, of course. They seems. get into the yeah, – well, our, our, my granddaughter hasn't done that yet. She hasn't gotten into it yet. Mm, that's good. So. Andy did it. Mm-hmm. Oh, of course. Well – one of the great lines of all time. I walk in and he's got <laughs> the poop everywhere, all over the wall and all the rest of it. He looks up at me and he's about, what, a year and a half, something like that. Yeah, about that. About a year and a half old. He looks up at me and he goes, son of a bitch. <laughs> I will never forget that as long as I live. Where did he learn that from, Tom? From Catherine, I'm sure. Her filthy <laughs> mouth. Her, her filthy yeah. mouth got involved. Oh, her longshoreman mouth. Mm-hmm. What are we going to do if they post this episode and it just blows up to like Joe Rogan 12 million downloads? Just we then we got to talk we'll about do. puking yeah, and, apparently. and everything else every week. And I it guess, becomes huh? our new thing. That's what the puke and <laughs> the poop show. Of course, that was that was all the cornerstone of uh, of uh, 90s radio. Uh, Shock no, jocks. No, no, no. It was a, of uh, oh. Jackass. It was a, that was a oh, cornerstone yeah. of Jackass. Oh, that's sort of up. Thing, I yeah. mean, that was. Which I've never seen. Out. I've never seen Jackass. I feel like all I read about is just the tragedy of everyone involved. Oh, in uh, yeah. Yeah. It didn't end well for a lot really of them. Bad. And the people trying to try the stunts at home. Those people. Because, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And didn't you always have somebody trying to do what they did and yep. not? didn't end well and they had to have a disclaimer so they wouldn't get sued and that's very you don't true. do this they like to staple their scrotum to their thigh yeah wow jesus oh. Oh. that's one of their stunts mm-hmm. oh, yeah. but it all yeah. started out with them in a shopping cart rolling down a hill yep that's what and kind of what that really was keep, the main stunt yeah well they the keep one-upping themselves after that but yeah that yeah. was like yeah they'd like roll down a shopping cart off a ramp into like a lake or something like that johnny knoxville got his start he did he did one crazy thing and then the main thing he shot himself with a handgun he shot himself with a handgun into a bulletproof vest oh sent yeah. the video off and that's kind of what got him that uh, opportunity and then they they would go. Yeah, that's pretty much what they did. They got in a shopping cart and rolled mm-hmm. down the hill, rolled down the hill, and then they'd all wreck into a bush and get all scratched up and mm-hmm. move on. Yep. I got a little new friend here. Kitty. Cat house. Calamari. I heard you. I saw your cat earlier. Your cat did. And, uh, uh, because up. calamari, and then we have another cat named Sushi. So. There, you, there go. you go. Sushi and yeah. calamari. She's a very friendly uh, kit. Well, she's just over a year old. So. Uh, my uh, youngest son adopted her, so there you go. But uh, hey, before we go, I want to mention quickly, shameless plug, San Sevier and I started a new movie podcast. Mm-hmm. Him and Bob's Excellent Movie Adventures. We just posted yeah. the first episode yesterday. So, Excellent. you know, if you follow Sandy or I on Facebook uh, or Twitter, at Tim Lammers Films, I'm retweeting it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, I'm not too hip with the Instagram thing yet. I rarely post on it, but 
now that threads has come into play you got to be threading are you threading are you threading kristen i'm threading i am threading away i was like right there on the first day really so i think i'll be doing that so hopefully you'll be able to find that there as well but we're doing it once weekly uh and uh our good friend uh, mike bryant is our key sponsor for that one so thank you again michael there for, you go uh, sports and, uh, movies and oh, oh also i feature uh, a classic not classic but an older interview from all the stuff i've done in the past generally tied into the week's big release so this week i have an interview with Haley atwell for her breakout film captain america the first avenger and of course now she is the big uh, I guess, in a way, almost co-lead of Tom Cruise's in Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part mm -hmm. 1. So it's and she's great. not dating Tom. And she's not dating Tom. No, no. You know, isn't that the truth? Oh, they're pictured together on set. Well, they're making a movie. But right. everybody wants... He took know, her to Wimbledon. I think that's what sort of fueled the rumors last year, not this year. Yeah, and but Tom Clementif was also with... So is he dating both of them? I mean, it's Ooh, a thruple. Uh, we love thruples. <laughs> thruples. Uh, let's, let's, uh, I almost said tweet, but let's uh, post about the thruple on threads. How about thruple that? Thruple on threads. Say that a million times. All there right. All of you, get the hell away from me. You've made me <laughs> poop and vomit <laughs> and pee and my God. I'm going to go get my puke bowl. <laughs> talk to you later. Thanks a lot. All right. Everybody have a good week. Tommy, we'll talk Thursday. Sounds good, pal. Bye. I mean, Friday. Excuse me. Friday. Friday. Thanks. Thank <laughs> you.